0: Good afternoon, everybody, and God bless you for tuning in with us here at the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to be starting off in Mark chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 28, working down to verse number 31 to start with the lesson of the fig tree. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind as we start off here is that we are dealing with Israel. Very important to understand the distinction between Israel and the church as concerning the prophecy of the end times that Jesus is making known here as he is talking to his disciples as they are all Jews. And so as he's putting together his church through these disciples, he's also giving them understanding as concerning those things which are going to come to pass for Israel, which the church ought to be actively engaged in this modern day of reaching Israel to bring them back to God through Messiah, which is Yeshua, or Jesus, as we know Him to be. And so, it's very important for us to dig in, and the question that I left you with yesterday was, what exactly is this generation that shall not pass? Well, we're going to look at that and several other things as we get into our day today, and also before we begin in prayer, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody tuning in, to everybody who will tune in. Uh, what a thrill it is to be able to to come across this time of year and celebrate together with family and friends and and the church as it was to to worship and to praise God for the blessing of all that He's done for us this Thanksgiving. So uh tomorrow which will be thursday i won't be doing an actual broadcast because of thanksgiving and i'm going to take that day as a day of shabbat and we're going to celebrate with family going to celebrate with friends and 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 really just uh focus on jesus so i won't be doing a broadcast tomorrow thursday The 25th, but definitely, or 26th rather, let me check my times here. Yep, today's the 25th, hallelujah, be the 26th. But we will be getting back together at Five Things Friday. So tomorrow we won't be doing a broadcast, but Friday we'll definitely be picking back up at Five Things Friday. So just to let you know how things are going to work, let's talk to Jesus. Father, we are grateful for everything that you have done for us today. We pray that you will watch over us and continue to bless us. We thank you, Lord, for this time where we can focus on being thankful for, for family, thankful for friends, thankful for employment, thankful for the daily connection we have here at the Preacher's Corner to be able to study the Word of God together. We're thankful, Father, that you loved us so much that even though we were yet sinners, Christ would come and give His life for us. We thank you, Lord, that the Word of God was given so that we wouldn't be adrift in this life alone, but that we would always have a connection with you through your Word and the Holy Spirit, rejoicing in our daily communion together with the Word. So, thank you, Father, for all that you've done and for what you're about to reveal and what you're about to do in us, with us, and through us. In the blessed name of Jesus today, amen. Alrighty, guys, let's dive into Mark chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 28. The scripture reads, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender, and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors." Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. A really exciting, sick section of scriptures right here, really exciting point to be made, <clears throat> is that we 're still dealing with the overall conversation that existed all the way back, so if you look back up to Mark chapter number thirteen and you you look back up to uh, verse number three dealing with the signs of the close of of the age as it was to speak with the disciples Peter James, John, and Andrew would come alone privately to Jesus and ask him about the fulfillment of of the end times, Jesus begins to explain to them from from verse number three, and he just goes on all the way through what we got yesterday to 27, so we're still dealing with the same theme that Jesus is talking about, And, and as he's talking about Israel and the things that they're going to have to go through during the time of tribulation and great tribulation, and keep in mind that, again, this isn't dealing with the situation of the church for as the church being filled with with neither jew nor gentile in our modern day because all are one in christ we understand that, that that the area of of our nationality and the area of our upbringing and the area of of who we are is dissolved in christ and we understand that those of us who are gentiles don't have to to practice or perform those physical traits of Judaism in order to be able to be saved and be a part of Jesus as Gentiles, we can come to faith in Christ, just as Jews can come to faith in in the Messiah Jesus, and and still continue in the practice of Judaism through Jesus. And so we find that that rather you're a Messianic congregation with Jewish believers, or rather you're a Gentile congregation full of the nations. I both of us can come to the same savior the same messiah worship the same lord jesus and hallelujah for it but the church as an entity is something that's not being dealt with this particular lesson this particular conversation that jesus is talking about because if we get all the way back to mark chapter 13 at the beginning verse we see that he's talking about the temple. We see that he's talking about those things concerning Israel directly as his disciples would look at the temple and say, wow, Lord, look at this edifice, look at this building, how amazing it is. It's glorious. And Jesus said, yeah, it's going to be torn down and and there's not going to be one stone left upon another. And then the disciples say, well, wait, what? What's going to happen? Well, when when is this going to happen? So the whole conversation of Mark chapter number 13 is dealing with Israel. It doesn't have anything to do with the church. And so as we understand that, 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 that Jesus begins to explain how things are going to happen, such as the destruction of the temple, which is the very purpose of the con- conversation to begin with, through to this point, and these guys do, many of these guys do actually get a chance to live, to be able to see that event take place, especially Paul, the Apostle Paul, because the, the destruction of the temple takes place in 70 AD. This conversation is happening at approximately 33 AD, so you, you have a very small window of decades that are between the actual death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and the actual events of what Jesus is speaking of right here. And so when he says that that you you shall see these things come to pass in this generation, these things will be done— He's speaking of those disciples. He's speaking of that particular generation because these things do happen within the span of that generation. You figure a generation being approximately 20 years. Well, from these guys beginning their ministry in 33, so you put 20 years, 30, 40, 50 A.D., and, and just past 50 A.D., another 20 years, which is a, a 40 years, Uh, Of course, this generation that begins in in 33 AD is going to make it through that 40 years of of being able to see 70 AD and see that destruction that happens uh, physically with that, that temple. And of course, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 talks about the time of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. as as Paul makes testimony to the gospel in the first five verses of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. But he says that Jesus revealed himself to upwards of 500 brethren at the time of his resurrection in the 40 days between his his resurrection and his ascension up into heaven. He he reveals himself to upwards of 500 brethren. Of course, Paul says uh, several of whom are still alive today. So we get a chance to see this generation Actually, in in happening, in action is what I was going to say, but my brain is going a million miles an hour right now, tying all of these things together, so bear with me. Uh, But it's just so thrilling to me to be able to see that what Jesus says is actually coming to pass, it actually happened. Uh, exactly the way Jesus said it. So he talks about this parable of the fig, fig tree. He says, when, when her branch is yet tender, in other words, when her branch is, has not even put on leaves yet, when it's tender, you know what's going to happen before it happens, right? Every year, uh, as was told to me by by Florine, I, I loved her to pieces, Miss Florine Hatchet. I called her Granny Flo. And her daughter, Tammy Hatchett, they're, they're still friends today. They they live down in the Danville area. Well, just outside of Danville, out in the country down there. And uh, Florine is the one who taught me that by May 10th, by the 10th of May, all the trees will have their leaves complete. Okay, the, the leaves will be fully grown by the 10th of May. And so you you come into the season of the fall, right? And we see that the trees have now lost their leaves. But we know that that the future is coming. We know that that in the spring, come April, come March, that the trees are going to start budding, and that the leaves are going to start growing, and that by the tenth of May, that those leaves are going to be at their full strength, at their full size, and, and composition. And so Jesus is saying here that that you know when the branch is yet tender, it puts forth leaves, that summer is near, and, and in like manner, when you see these things come to pass, you'll know that that my coming, again, just as was said in verse number 27, the redemption of Israel is is close. It's even at the doors. And so from 70 AD, at the destruction of the temple where not one stone was left upon another, as, as we understand, at that point, point it has been understood by the disciples and we to this day we speak of the soon return and coming of our Savior Jesus Christ and the the rapture and and the times of tribulation kicking off. We still look at it as though it is going to happen even in our day. We don't know it for certain but we look expectantly towards that understanding that, that all of the things that needed to come to pass have come to pass. And now it's just a certain waiting, a certain watching for the return of the Son of Man, because everything is done that needs to be done in order for Jesus to come back. It's just a matter of God's perfect time as to when Jesus shall return. And so, as the scripture would reveal, he says that, verily I say to you, verse number 30, that this generation, the guys that he's talking to right now, and the 40 years that's going to make up the span of that generation that will be able to see the things be done that he just spoke of about that temple that he spoke of about people rising up and claiming to be Christ that he spoke of about the wars that would happen and the rumors of wars that he spoke of about the the necessity of the desolation the abomination of desolation remember of Israel and and the ultimate the ultimate redemption or restoration of Israel in a time yet to come, all of these things this generation was going to see. And indeed, that generation did see all those things come to pass the the disciples that made up the church the ones that weren't martyred by the way like John as we understand John the Baptist was was clear clear living and until approximately 90 to 99 AD as the last of the actual apostles to pass away, and he had uh, what, he had uh, several people that were actually directly uh, connected to him, Eusebius being one. Of of the saints that would be trained under the ministry of of John the John the Apostle literally in connection and 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 several others that that have carried the church forward. So understand that that John certainly and the Apostle Paul also uh, having having the opportunity to be able to see this this actual teaching that Jesus gave in Mark thirteen come to pass and testify of it according to his his writings in Revelation and according to his writings in the letters of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. So, we see that, that indeed that generation that Jesus was referring to in chapter number 30 did, did and was able to see everything that Jesus taught in Mark chapter 13 up to this point come to pass and happen. Jesus went on to say that heaven and earth indeed shall pass away, but the word of God is something eternal. The word of God will not pass away. And indeed, the Word of God cannot pass away because it is Jesus. It's very important to understand that the Bible that you have right in front of you, and God willing, you have your Bible in front of you. Uh, the Bible isn't going to do you any good on a bookshelf or on, on a nightstand. The Bible needs to be right there in front of you. It needs to be opened, and, and it needs to be absorbed by you. When you open up the Word of God and you have it in front of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you is able to connect with the Word of God in front of you. And it it is that communion that happens in that moment that really is the rejoicing of the soul of man with the Holy Spirit and the communion of Jesus with the Word. So it's very important for you to understand that your Bible is paramount to your walk with God and that you need to be in your Bible daily so that your walk can be, be sure it can be Firm and can it, you can have that foundation because heaven and earth are going to pass away. We see it in Revelation chapter number twenty and chapter number twenty one as well. We see that of, of the, the holy fire of God consumes the earth and the heavens, they all pass away it's made remade its brand new uh, in creation. And all of this old thing pass away. But the word of God and Jesus' words specifically, of course, we're dealing with words as in that which is written down, is recognized in verse number 31. He said, my words, plural, shall not pass away. In other words, the word of God as the Bible is never going to pass away. It doesn't matter how many people try to burn the word of God. It doesn't matter how many people try to to translate the word of God and and make it muddy water and confuse the language and and become confused by the language. It doesn't matter how much man tries to do away with the word of God. It will always exist and it will always be uh, available to all of God's children because it is Jesus' will that it be done. And so it is. And so it is. And I thought that was just exciting. So to answer the question once more, who is this generation that shall not pass till all these things be done? That is the very generation that Jesus is speaking to and his apostles as they asked him the question at this point of time with John uh, being present and Peter, John, James, and Andrew and, and so, indeed, it is shown that especially John makes it through and he does have opportunity to be able to see all things that Jesus had spoken of concerning verse number 1 all the way down to verse number 31 to this point. So the generation is during that period of time. But also, I was reading a, a commentary by F.B. Meyer, And F.B. Meyer makes the statement that the generation that's being referred to is Israel during the new covenant. In other words, he's not saying that Israel is the new covenant in Christ. He's saying that it is Israel of the old covenant during the span of the time of the church. And amen to that. I, I wouldn't argue that because Israel is the main theme of the tribulation period in the book of Revelation, and much of what we have talked about up to verse number 30 is dealing with uh, the times of tribulation and great tribulation and the restoration of Israel at the end of all of that. And so we understand that this generation could also recognize as the old covenant people of Israel through out this this new covenant age concerning the the time of Jesus' life until the time of the tribulation and Jesus' second coming. And so that's very plausible, and I wouldn't fuss about that at all. But more specifically, it's dealing with the actual people that he's talking to at this point of time in Mark chapter 13, because they do, uh, several of them are martyred without question, but there are those like John who do live all the way through to be able to see the destruction of the temple and to be able to see the wars and rumors of wars and to be able to recognize the many people who rise up to claim themselves to be a Messiah that aren't. They, they get to see all of that before passing away from this life. And so it's very important for us to catch those two things today. But we move down to Mark chapter number 13 and looking at verse number 32 and finishing off the chapter today in verse number 37. The scripture says, But now this again is a continuation of what was taking place and what Jesus was saying about the parable of the fig tree. And this also <coughs> is another place of importance for us to grasp: is that in the in the writing of the of the Greek in the New Testament, and in the writing of of the New Testament, potentially by the by the apostles, certainly in in Hebrew or or in Aramaic format, that they they did not write in in the chapter and verse of what we have in our Bibles today. That was actually brought forth by by John Wycliffe, and it was carried on and perfected by William Tyndale, and it, and it moved through so that it would be easier for study to be able to break the Word of God down. What it would have looked like would have been a a, a big Chapter with full of paragraphs is exactly what it would have looked like without any numbering system whatsoever to it. It would be read basically like a book that you have in, on your shelf, and so the the actual theme of what we're about to get into in verse number thirty two is carried over from the point that is being made concerning the fig tree and and the fact that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But then. As the finality of this conversation exists, Jesus is going to explain to them as concerning the coming of the Son of of Man. It says in verse number 32 and following, But of that day and that hour no man knoweth, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. I love it. And so, Jesus is making known as concerning the actual time of the return of Christ. Jesus is making known that that even He doesn't know at the time of His return. Now, as it has been speculated that the return of Christ as concerning the, the prophecies revealed through the seven feasts, holy days of God, right? So, the first three holy days of God are recognized in the spring feast, which is the the Passover meal, which is the fourteenth day of the first month, and the feast of unleavened bread and the feast of first fruits. These are the fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth days of the first month. And these three feasts are right after each other, and then the middle feast of, of the the holy week of the seven feasts. Is is Pentecost. And of course we recognize that Acts chapter 2 is 50 day. It's the 50th day from the the feast of unleavened bread, essentially, is when that's going to be the Pentecost. It's going to be a fiftieth day from that. Seven seven weeks of seven days, which would be 49, and then the celebration on the 50th day, that Pentecost. And then you come to the Fall Feast, and there are three in number of the Fall Feast, which begin with Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah, which is the Feast of Trumpets, as we understand the trumpets calling the people, to remembrance of their deliverance and the trumpet that is calling the people unto repentance, unto to speculation of their own souls and to repentance, because ten days later they're going to go through Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, where their sins are accounted for by what was offered from the high priest in the Holy of Holies once a year, the Lamb and the blood thereof. And so we understand that, that from Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah, we go into ten days later Yom Kippur, and after that we then on the fifteenth day of of the month are going to end up with uh, Sukkot. Sukkot is is the feast of booths or the feast of tabernacles. And in these seven feasts, you're going to see the beautiful reality of redemption that comes from God upon the world. Of course, with Passover is the offering of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God that would be slain for the remission of the people's sins. It's recognized in, in Exodus chapter number 12 with the Lamb that was slain for death to pass over the people and then of course the feast of unleavened bread is recognized as as the pure unleavened offering of Jesus Christ for the 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 sinful leaven of man and it is the replace the replacement of of man's leaven with the unleavened purity of Christ within their soul as they receive Jesus and then that being for 8 days in its festival but then the feast of first fruits is recognized as the time of the resurrection of Christ and so it is death we see the unleavened bread its burial and we see the the resurrection of Jesus is recognized in the feast of the first fruits which is raised up as a, as a a first grain offering unto the lord as the shoots come from the ground only to be celebrated 50 days later in the harvest where the where the grain has come to its full fruit and 50 days later they're going to offer the the wave offering of the grain at the time of Pentecost which recognizes the the period of time of of the preparation for for the church and then of course of the work of the church Pentecost go forward uh, in in the labor of the fields, since they are white and ready to harvest from Pentecost, we are to to labor for our Lord during the period of our time, which would then bring us to Rosh Hashanah at the blowing of the trumpets. Of course, the last trump we hear the rapture sound we get taken from this world. Of course, the time of 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 consideration of this world through the days coming up to judgment are Yom Kippur. The Day of Atonement or Judgment to be faced in this earth, and of course once that has been completed, as recognized, the period of the Millennial Reign afterwards at the Feast of Booths or Sukkot, where the the temporary dwellings will only be for a matter of time for the thousand years framed Christ, and then New Jerusalem for us. So it's really exciting when you consider these feasts. And Jesus would tell us right here, he says, but of that day and that that hour, no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the sun. So we're dealing with a concept of what's going to be happening with the, the Rosh Hashanah. We're dealing with that feast of trumpets. We're dealing with, with when that trumpet's going to blow and when that rapture's going to happen, When 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 Jesus will be setting upon the clouds of the air, and when he will thrust his sickle in as given command by the Father to glean his his wheat into his barns. And so everybody's waiting for this moment. Everybody's waiting. Now we've come we've come all the way up from the time of Jesus' ascension. We entered into the time of the labor of the church in the fields of the Lord, which is the work of the church, is gleaning the souls for Christ while on this earth. And so we're in this period of time where we're we're dealing with uh, Pentecost in 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 our lives even unto today but we're all expectantly looking toward this time of Rosh Hashanah we're looking for that trumpet to blast so that we with with expectant heart can can be received by our father in heaven and indeed we will be received unto the day of atonement because there is a fiery trial that we do have to face as the church of wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones in the judgment of the church, which is recognized in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 from verse number <coughs> 10 down to 16, and also recognized in 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 17 concerning the fact that judgment begins with us at the house of God. So understand that we're waiting for Rosh Hashanah so that we can enter into the time of Yom Kippur and and the day of our atonement so that we can go forward into that millennial reign and the Feast of Booths so that all things can come to the consummation, which is a word we heard actually yesterday, dealing with the consummation of of the restoration of, of all things back unto God's original intent. And so... Very exciting point, because even Jesus doesn't know when the trumpet's going to blow. Jesus doesn't know when he's going to harvest the souls. We have a rough idea of the period of time in which it will take place, as concerning Rosh Hashanah, the first first month of the new year kind of concept, but we don't know which one. We don't know when this is going to take place. Only the Father knows when the trumpet's going to blow. It's recognized in verse 32. But this is the point. Jesus tells us to take heed as concerning the fact that it's going to happen. <clears throat> he says take heed, and he tells us to watch. Be aware of this point. Look for it. Long for it and pray. Pray about it. For you know not when the time is. And and you know what the reality is, is that this is true. He says the Son of Man is is as a man, or he's like a man, it's taken a far journey. Okay, and that, that's the same that could be said with all of our loved ones who have gone on to heaven before us, as, as the same as being those who have taken a, a long journey, they've left and they've gone to a faraway place that we don't have the ability to communicate with them, we don't have the ability to, to connect with them right now, but they they haven't left us they've just gone on this journey that is far from us at the moment and the reason why i say they haven't left us is because where they are at one point in our life we shall also be and ultimately when the trumpet blows wherever jesus is they they will be as being a part of the church we will be as being part of the church so well, understand that the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, which is what we have today, and, and commanded the porter to watch. Uh, so he tells them, Watch, therefore, for you don't know when the master of the house is going to come, at even at midnight, or at the cock crowing, at first thing, in first light in the morning, or in the morning, later on in the day. So at even, when he talks about being in the evening, he's actually talking about the period of time, keep in mind the Hebrew clock, as well as the Hebrew calendars. The Hebrew clock at 6 p.m. approximately, between 6 and 7 p.m. when the sun's going down, you're starting a brand new day. Well, is totally different from our day, where at midnight we enter into the next day, For the Hebrew people on the Hebrew calendar during this period of time, when they hit 6 p.m., they will be starting a new day. So at the evening, you would actually be reaching a place where you're dealing with about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You'd be dealing with with anywhere from 3 to say well not even that actually from noon to three you'd be dealing with the evening (laughs) so it's kind of important to realize what the evening is at midnight you you would actually be dealing with with like 6 p.m would be the the same concept to them as our midnight because it would be at the dawning of a brand new day which is what our midnight is. The cock crowing, of course, as the sun is rising, and the morning could could be anywhere from 8, 9 o'clock, of course, in the morning, all the way up to, to 11 o'clock, 10 or 11 o'clock, so something very similar there. But understand this. When I was in Africa, I was approximately eight to nine hours different from what we were here in Virginia. And so so when when I was getting up in the morning, y'all were getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> and so it was very difficult to be able to time uh, the communications with a family because when I'm getting ready to go to bed, you're, you're just getting ready to, to, to wake up. You're just getting ready to start your day. And so it was it was difficult to be able to figure out it was better for me to be ready to go to bed and 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 to be able to have that conversation than for for you guys to be ready to go to bed so we had to figure that out. So point being when the rapture happens if it is if it is daytime here in in Virginia it's going to be nighttime over in China. It's going to be uh the middle of the evening over in Africa. It's going to be uh, the next day, in fact, from what day it is today, it'll be the next day over in Nepal. Uh, I always used to say when I was serving a mission work in Nepal, "Is tomorrow, today. And so, it, you know, when the Son of Man comes, you're looking at the entire globe, and, and people are going to be raptured all at one moment at that trumpet blow, which covers the whole globe. But it'll be different for different people. In other words, a lot of people, when they talk about the rapture, they're expecting a certain period of time because the only time that they're thinking about is their time. So it's like, will it be morning? Will it be noon? Will it be night? But we have to understand that it'll be morning, noon, and night. It just depends on where in the world you are as to when the rapture time frame is going to happen for you. But one thing's for certain, when that trumpet blows, regardless of what time it is in the world, you're going. You're out of here. And that is a thrill, except for this one little point. <laughs> that is a really a huge thrill, except for this Point the scripture verse number thirty six says lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping now, keep in mind when Jesus was and we're going to be looking at this as we as we progress into mark chapter number sixteen and chapter number fifteen. Jesus goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells his disciples to wait with him and, and to be in prayer. He walks away from them to pray. He comes back, and what does he do? He finds them sleeping. And this is the concept that he's speaking of here. lest He come to you suddenly and find you sleeping. They weren't watching. They weren't on the guard. They weren't praying. They They were so worn out from all of the fear, from all of the worry, from all of the the questions and doubts and and anxiety of what is about to happen, and they've just had the Seder meal, and they've so much going on in every day when they had a moment to be able to to be calm at rest, to be able to pray and to be able to watch. They passed out. They were sleeping. So Jesus wakes them up at two separate occasions, but at the third time that he goes back and he sees them sleeping, he just leaves them alone. He just leaves them alone because, you know, Jesus, again, he teaches us that the spirit we have within us indeed is willing. Praise God, it's willing. But the flesh we're in is so weak. It's so weak. And so Jesus gives us this warning. He says, pay attention because the Son of Man is coming. He doesn't know when. But he's like a man that's on a far journey. You know that journey is going to end and that man is going to come back home. And and as he's gone on his journey, he's left his house uh, and, and given his authority unto his servants to do the work that, that is needed to be done by the son while he's gone on a far journey. And by the way, he's coming back. And he, if he doesn't find you watching, if he doesn't find you serving, if he doesn't find you doing the work that he has given you authority to do and and watching, and he finds you sleeping, there's going to be a price to pay. There ought to be a price to pay. He said at the final, and what I say unto you, I say unto all. Now, that applies to us this very day. As He said it to them, He said it to all. That means He's saying it to us. He's saying it to the other disciples that He's dealt with. He's saying it to everybody. Watch. Watch. Be vigilant. Be studious with the Word of God be be regularly connected in prayer and in study be be regularly serving by sharing the gospel through your life into other people's lives be be watchful because i don't know if you realize it or not guys but jesus is coming he's coming father we are grateful for this time together we th- we just praise you we thank you lord for all of your many blessings that you have given to us, the air that we breathe, the Word of God that we're able to connect with and study, the the, the online community that you have built that gathers together daily around your Word to give you praise, the, the way in which you, you reach the souls of, of people all over this nation and in many other nations because of what we receive from your Word connected together here Just so much, Lord, so much to be thankful for. And so we pray with thanksgiving. God bless us. In Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Well, guys, God bless you again. I thank you for tuning in to the Preacher's Corner here. I'm Pastor Jay, and I really just want to tell you how much I'm thankful for you and in the way that you guys have supported this ministry and the blessings that have come in uh, in support of this ministry, to be able to help with computer systems and help with camera systems and help with lighting systems and and all kinds of stuff, microphones set up so that we can actually sound fairly decent. All these things are possible simply because of the blessings that you guys gave for this to happen. And so it's with Thanksgiving that that I ask God's blessing upon you guys for this this great treasure of being able to do this with you at the preacher's corner. Have a great and happy Thanksgiving, guys. Be blessed with your family, friends and and with your churches. God bless you. And and when we come back together again on Friday that we may be able to meet together and discuss what is the family of God and rejoice in the connection that we all have together as one in the Father. And and what a thrill it's going to be. So definitely want to connect with us this coming Friday for Five Things Friday. And tomorrow, no podcast, no broadcast, because we're going to be celebrating Jesus with, with the church, with the family, with the friends. So God bless you. We'll see you Friday. We'll see you.